Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Hello and welcome to Israel and You, the radio voice of Israel Team. Israel Team is a group of leaders from the world of sports, law, education, theology, and Israel advocacy. And we're coming against the growing tide of anti-Israelism and anti-Semitism in America today. We mainly work on college campuses where there is a huge drop-off in the support from millennial evangelicals uh, towards Israel. It's an alarming decline of support. And uh, on today's program, we're going to spend both segments today talking to a leader and supporter of Israel and the Jewish people, Amy Zawi. And I met Amy a few months back, right before COVID broke out in the first part of March. I had the privilege of opening in prayer at a White House briefing on anti-Semitism and then spoke uh, that evening at the Museum of the Bible and Amy and her team were there and I got to know the Jerusalem Connection and Amy is the Vice President of the Jerusalem Connection International and she does a a weekly uh, broadcast and podcast, Uh, it's called the Red Alert and Jerusalem Connection is a ministry that advocates for Israel before the U.S. Congress. It confronts anti-Semitism. It champions the regathering of the Jewish people to Israel. Amy has chronicled hundreds of informative podcasts. Uh, these are called the Red Alerts, and she's on every Wednesday, and she'll tell you how you can listen in to her podcast. She talks about the growing trends of anti-Semitism across the world, and especially in America. So, Amy, welcome to Israel and You. Hi, Aaron. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you on the program today, Amy, and you're a champion of what you guys do at the Jerusalem Connection International, you know, trying to bring an awareness of the regathering of the Jewish people to Israel, the rise of anti-Semitism. And Amy, here in America, there is an exponential rise of hatred towards Jews. And as you've been studying this, uh, you are, you know, very involved in, in seeing this trend. What do you believe is driving this exponential hatred towards the Jewish people in our generation? Well, that's a good question, and I I take it from sort of two different angles. Um, Aaron, I think you would agree with me that there's definitely, at the core of it all, a spiritual component, a sinister spiritual component. The same spirit um, of Haman through Hitler is is behind everything we see manifested today. Um, But then we can drill past that a little and just see what some of the tools of the enemy are um, in attacking um, uh, Jewish people and and how he uh, the enemy uses Gentiles or or just non-Jewish people to to attack. And um, I think today we'd want to focus on sort of the under forty crowd, that millennial Gen Z crowd. Um, and I think there's several components to why that age group um, is so apathetic and tolerant of anti-Semitism in its its various forms, and some of them are quite veiled. 
for example, a lack of education in the public schools, for sure, um, and probably in private schools as well. There was a recent study that was released um, that over, over half of the respondents of folks under 40 uh, didn't actually 60% didn't know that 6 million Jews were exterminated in Europe, um, you know, less than 80 years ago. Can you say that again? That That's, that's stunning. 60% of the respondents, and this is in the U.S., um, wow. folks under 40, between 18 and 40, did not know the number of um, Jews exterminated uh, less than 100 years ago. Um, people who, who are firsthand witnesses, people who are survivors still exist today. Um, people didn't know that number. They don't know that it's 6 million. They can't even comprehend that number. They don't know it. And um, over half of, of those thought it was less than 2 million. So these are alarming uh, statistics that indicate a lack of education in our basic history courses. Um, over half didn't know or, or couldn't name a single concentration camp. Um, I mean, I grew up I graduated high school in the late 80s, and, and we knew the names of Auschwitz and Dachau, and we knew about the Warsaw ghettos. It was just part of our history, and it was just part of our basic history courses in our public school systems. And, and I think that for whatever reason, the curriculums in, um, in America are just are somehow watered down. I've actually seen textbooks that have devoted but a paragraph to um, the victims of the Holocaust. And in that one paragraph, they'll list Jewish people and then also the other victims, which are important, um, gypsies, uh, in the infirmed, the mentally disabled, who, who should not be discounted. They should not be discounted in any way, shape or form. But by, by kind of lumping them into one paragraph, it misses the whole point of of Hitler's um, just assault and war on the Jews in particular, and so it's just it's just sort of a revisionist history, um, and the whole never again mentality that I grew up with, and I grew up in in New York, um, it's not there, and it's. Um, it's sad. It's just very sad and it's alarming. And our, our role at our organization is just to keep educating um, as best we can and to engage young people in any way we can, which is largely through social media, since that's where they're getting their news and, and a lot of their information. You know, Amy, we, we did a uh, man on the street interview <clears throat> about a year ago, and we were on a major evangelical college campus, about 10,000 students. We had permission to be on the campus. The student life director wel welcomed us in to do the interviews. And my daughter, Hannah, who's now a, uh, a lawyer in uh, on Capitol Hill in D.C. working for a federal judge, but she went there with a, you know, a camera crew, and we had permission to interview students as they were coming by. And so H Hannah's first question was, what was the Holocaust? And student by student by student, one after the other, they didn't know what it was. And these were, you know, the student life director told me, these are the cream of the crop evangelical students. I mean, they, they will know, they will understand. So what was the Holocaust? No one knew. And then the next question was, uh, is Hamas 
a terrorist organization or a humanitarian organization? And the students said, well, it's a humanitarian organization. The next question, do the Jewish people belong in Israel? And the answer, student after student, was no. This is occupied land. The land does not belong to them. And they need to leave. And I, I, I saw the tape. And, of course, we couldn't use it because it had the name of the university that we didn't want to bring, you know, a blight against the university. But I realized it wasn't really the university's fault. It was uh, the public school's fault. It was maybe churches have ceased to talk about the rise of anti-Semitism. Would, would you agree with that? Or Oh, I absolutely agree with it. I, I put um, the responsibility at not just the public schools, but for example, that college campus that you were at, a lot of those students are coming up through private Christian schools. Um, and the other, the other problem I find within the, the Christian community, specifically the mainstream denominations, is um, the uh, replacement theology or supersessionalism, um, which we can talk about if you'd like, if, sure. if, if your listeners are unfamiliar with it. But um, the church actively teaching from the pulpit um, that, that Israel and the Jews of ancient times are not related to those of today and that they were discounted um, and, and removed from God's plan at the, at the cross, which is completely a false theology. Yeah, so replacement theology, you and I have talked about this before, but it's uh, replacement theology. It's also known as supersessionism or triumphalism, that the church has triumphed over the Jewish people. They've uh, superseded away from the Jewish people, and they've replaced the Jewish people. And so we call it today replacement theology. But that that theology was taught all through the Middle Ages. Uh, It was basically... Uh, born out of a jealousy that if the Jewish people are chosen, and we've been talking all about that on Israel and You in the program, if they're chosen, then Gentile Christians are not chosen, but there's just this huge disconnect with an understanding of uh, the Christians' chosenness. They're, they've been chosen for a dynamic purpose as well. And so, but replacement theology grew all through the Middle Ages, and it, it was in Nazi Germany, the churches were teaching that a hundred years prior to Hitler. So Hitler really gave the church what they were wanting, and that theology died after the Holocaust, but it's come back, you know, full strength today in evangelicalism. Yeah, yeah. And and I do think that so when so when I first learned about replacement theology, it was um, my my church that I grew up in. I grew up in a conservative Baptist church on Long Island, and our pastor preached from the Old Testament all the time. And he never he never said the Christians are replacing the Jews. Um, and we he was he was a good pastor, and I wouldn't call him a Zionist. I think he was just sort of on the precursor of that because he believed and trust the Old Testament and read it for what it was. And he had Messianic Jews in to speak with us. And we had satyrs and um, just really, he really made sure that we were exposed to the Jewish roots of our faith and um, that that we're not replacing, Christians are not replacing Jews, um, but that there's a greater plan 
for, for all of us and the redemption for all people. But in the idea of replacement theology, what I think has happened to the congregants who, who absorb that theology is they think because Christians replace Jews, it, it minimizes their humanity. It minimizes just just their their personhood so that when the Holocaust happened, it is it is why so many people who called themselves Christians in Europe could turn their eyes away from from the the what was happening under their noses. And I think it's why even in places like New York City and New Jersey today, where there's a huge persecution of the Jewish community at crazy rates that the media does not address, um, people just shrug their shoulders. You know, the the neighbors just shrug their shoulders and it's it it's very scary and um i pray about this a lot and i report about this a lot you know i just read a statistic that um regarding holocaust denial um 10% of americans in a study under 40 are not sure the holocaust existed they either deny it or are not sure it was actually what you know we know as history is saying and it's 19% in new york and new jersey um, could you imagine, Aaron, if 10 to 20 percent of Americans said, hey, slavery never existed in America. We didn't have um, a systemic uh, racial uh, segregation and discriminatory policy in America 160 years ago. Uh, could you imagine what the backlash would be if anybody said that? And And yet people can say, that a historical event that we have oodles of documentation for newsreels, uh, photographic evidence, bureaucratic record keeping, as well as firsthand eyewitnesses, many of whom are alive today, even though they're they're quite elderly now, and 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 people kind of shrug their shoulders and say, well, that's their opinion that they didn't think it exists. Oh, they're just ill-informed that they didn't. Think right. It was an event. Amy, on the other side of the break, on the other side of the break, uh, I want to ask you about why you think millennial evangelicals are buying into this Mm. position of of anti-Israelism. We're going to talk about how the social justice movement and identity politics are shaping this new anti-Israel ideology on college campuses and within the younger generation. And we're going to be right back in just a few minutes with Amy Zawi. Head coach Bruce Pearl of the men's basketball team, the Auburn Tigers. When we have religious intolerance or racial intolerance, and it creates the, the problems that it just break God's heart, breaks his heart. We're all his children. And so we got to find a way to celebrate the things that we share in common. And that's our Father God. And then respect the differences that we have and how we pray and how we observe. And I know as a basketball coach, um, my job is to bring teams together and to bring people together. And anti-Semitism or racism or these other ignorances uh, just divide us. The Jews have been an easy target, and unfortunately, we've seen many, many people that just remain silent when 
anti-Semitism was was uh, apparent, and it will lead to uh, it's the Jews now. It'll be somebody else tomorrow, and we can't let that happen. If I'm in a group of four or five guys, and one of those guys is talking about somebody that we know, and he's being really negative, really critical, all right, to the point where he's maybe stepping over the line. If I don't step in and say something, hold on a second, listen. You, are, I respect your opinion. You're a talented. I just want you to know I don't agree with you. I disagree. I think he is much better than that. I'm not trying to start a fight because if I remain silent, well, then the other four of us that were sitting there listening, we all must agree. And I don't agree. We can't be silent. We can't be silent. And I think especially the Jewish people who have been on the receiving end of uh, the Holocaust and on the receiving end of, of uh, a lot of hatred can't remain silent when anybody is attacked and persecuted and, and prejudiced against. And so that's kind of what, what we're trying to do and that's why we're I'm um, working with, with with Aaron, trying to help him in his in his ministry. Thank you, Coach Pearl, for standing with Israel Team. And if you'd like to help Israel Team in our mission, you can go to IsraelTeam.org to the donate section and stand with us today. That's IsraelTeam.org. This is Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You. We're here with Amy Zawi from the Jerusalem Connection International. And she does a weekly report called Red Alert, and she'll give you the info of how you can listen in. Uh, She talks about Israel, the Jewish people, the restoration of God's people to Israel, the rise of anti-Semitism. And Amy, as we've been talking about the huge decline in millennial support of Israel, and they're buying into this position of uh, anti-Semitism, anti-Israelism. What do you think is driving this? Um, I think that at the core of why the 18 to to 40-year-olds or maybe 30-year-olds have this innate ability to be swayed away from support for Israel or Jewish people is what we just talked about in the last segment, a lack of, of historical education and also a lack of um, proper theology and um, and view of Israel, um, both the ancient Israel and the modern day um, that these people have learned from their churches. But in addition to that, um, in the last, I'd say, 10 to 15 years, we have seen an increase in the, the drumbeat of attacks against the modern state of Israel. And we see that in the news and we see that with um, organizations uh, such as the BDS movement, Boycott, Divest, and Sanction, which is a, a movement that was funded um, and initiated by known terrorists um, to basically spread a PR campaign. So instead of a terrorism in a, in a raw, violent form that we've seen through the infatadas um, throughout Israel's history, and the wars, but to do it through a PR campaign and vilify and demonize the modern state of Israel and anyone who supports it. And that also by default um, demonizes and vilifies Jewish people no matter where they live, whether they live in Canada or Europe or America. And um, so that sort of drumbeat of, of what I call lies against how Israel has been a beacon of democracy and human rights advocacy, um, the only such beacon in, in the entire um, Middle East, all the surrounding nations who are 
uh, Muslim nations who have a different uh, set of moral standards um, that that we would probably all agree are not helpful to minorities, to women, et cetera. And, um, and I think a lot of young people have bought those lies because it is just expressed on the news. It's expressed in the UN. It's expressed by some of our most recent um, uh, members of Congress and, and, they, and the social media, um, the Twitters and the, and the Facebooks and, and various organizations that claim to be for um, equality and the rights of the oppressed. And um, and in so doing, they these people, our young people, are are taking heed to the lie that somehow Israel or Jewish people are part of the oppressive agents at work in the world today, and that's swaying their hearts. And I think that the biggest problem that young Christians have, and 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 even young people who are not raised in the Christian community, that the secular population or or the nominal Christians, a lot of these young people do have a genuine compassion and a genuine heart to see contemporary issues such as racism and um, you know oppression of women and other minorities, the discrimination in all its forms that these things are are bad and not good for society. And that is all agreeable and absolutely valid. But what they're not realizing is that these organizations that claim to be for um, improving the conditions of, of African-Americans in the United States and elsewhere, you know, improving the conditions for black and brown people or women, or even the LGBTQ community, they are, founded and run by organizations who are vehemently against Israel as the modern state and um, actively discriminatory against Jewish people. And, and we can see this in the leadership's tweets and their history and their public record. Um, and it's, it's disturbing that the cloak of anti-Semitism, that sinister spirit has taken on um, what would otherwise be a noble cause, which is, you know, let's fight racism in America. Let's fight uh, women's oppression in, in um, America and elsewhere. Yeah, that's um, it's called intersectionality. Uh, intersectionality. Yeah. And it's like these, these groups, uh, for example, the LGBT community, uh, they support um, Iran and radical Islam who... Are, are putting gay people to death in those radical Islamic countries. And in, so they're supporting radical Islam's position against the Jewish people. And you, you think, well, why in the world? And I think it really comes from the same spirit, you know? And uh, in America today, I think one of the other things behind this alarming rise of anti-Israelism within the under 40 crowd is it's um, progressive Christianity. And in progressive Christianity, there's this huge drop in support for traditional family values. And when a Christian begins to tear down the home and the, the values of uh, marriage between a man and a woman, they uh, also adopt you know, a, a position against life in the issue of abortion, and they also adopt a position against Israel. And so it's like those three things are intertwined in so many of these churches. 
And <clears throat> I wrote a book in 2009 with Coach Bill McCartney from Promise Keepers, and uh, it's called Two Minute Warning, uh, Why We Must Honor the Jewish People Before the Clock Runs Out. And we talked about uh, in that book a revolution of separation. And Jesus talks about, you know, I was hungry, he gave me something to eat. I was uh, thirsty, he gave me something to drink and so on. And then the uh, folks will say, well, when did we see you hungry and when did we see you thirsty? And Jesus will say, as you've done it unto the least of these, my brother, and you've done it unto me. And he's talking about, I believe, the Jewish people, that in the last days there's going to be this rise of anti-Semitism against uh, the Jewish people. And then Jesus says, in those days, based on how the nations treat uh, the Jewish people, I'll separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. So I never thought, Amy, in my lifetime, I would see this revolution of separation taking place. But there is a separation going on, and it's the Lord's doing where uh, these congregations are adopting uh, anti-Israel stances, uh, the BDS movement they're embracing, they're embracing same-sex unions, they're embracing uh, support for abortion, and uh, there's, they're denying Israel's right of self-determination within their own land. And so those denominations I see in America, they're just being broken off. They're being separated from the real remnant of uh, righteous Christians today in, in this country. And so that's the real fear that, not that I live in fear, but that's the, the concern right. that I have uh, for the body of Christ, that we will not be separated from, from God's end time purposes. And I agree with everything you just said. And um, I would like to get a copy of that book. That sounds like a very interesting read and a very ca catchy metaphor to engage um, young readers and the and the other issue that I see coming up with with progressivism, whether it's in the Christian church or or just in in society in general, is that um, the the progressive movement can't seem to separate the notion of of love the the sinner and not the sin. So when evangelical or fundamental Christians or or even Orthodox uh, Jews when they say, well, you know, we're against um, same-sex marriage or we're against certain practices, then the progressive just points a finger that you're the hater. You know, you're the hater, and that's not the case. Um, with, with life issues, you know, the progressive point at the Christians and say, well, you don't want to pay for any of these kids. You don't want to do anything for these children that are unwanted and unplanned, which is categorically not true. I know plenty of Christians that have taken in mothers and, and babies of, of that need of help. But Absolutely. It, it, it's a Amy, we're, we're running out of time, but sure, it's so sure. great to have you here with us. And can you give us <laughs> real quickly your your website, how we can, yes. we so can listen to your show? Yes, so if you want to see... Um, to see our blogs, go to thejerusalemconnection.us, no spaces, thejerusalemconnection.us. You can put your email there, and you can get the video feeds every Wednesday. You can also go to our blog page and see the archived videos, or just go to YouTube and search the Jerusalem Connection Report, and you can see our channel and all of our archived videos. That's great. Amy, thank you so much. Amy from the Jerusalem Connection Thank you so much for being with us today on Israel Thank and You. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
that way. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.